Welcome back to What Have You. Howdy, howdy. Here we are. We meet again. This Once time, more into the this breach. time in a car with a vintage sewing machine oh, in the back of it. We finally found things at Goodwill this it did. time. Well, she is the one. Who, I nailed it. <laughs> I the funny really thing did. is that last time we had a podcast, I was telling a story about when I was at Goodwill the last time in the pizza cones. Yeah, yeah. The pizza cones. Yeah. That's when I saw this sewing machine. Really? It's yeah, been there that it's long? it's been there that long. I haven't but, been in Goodwill lately, I guess. Well, that was the last time I've been in there. And anyways, Becca found it. It is She's sewing just, machine spotted. It blesses me. But I already have a sewing machine at home, and then well, I have... Too, but this one is rad. You no, know, let me be clear. I have a sewing machine at home, and then I have a sewing machine in a cabinet at home that's already a vintage mm. one that I have not really put the time in with, so... Well, this is, this is a little side table... And it's actually not a bad shape as shapes go. Sometimes they're horrible, and this one's okay. It's in bad shape, and I need to scrape it and paint it. But, but the important point is that it's a metal it aqua. Up, it is the cutest bright aqua sewing machine, and it's one of those heavy metal We don't know ones. yet if it sews. Yes, we, we do. I plugged it in. But we don't I, know well, what it would do with thread. We don't know what it will do with thread, but... But I just stay tuned to find out. Yeah, stay tuned. I think that there's something so reassuring about the sound that an old oh, metal good. machine makes. It's just such a beautiful, it's confident, worrying. It doesn't do that thing noise. where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it just starts with the hum. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Like, it's beautiful. And this one is awesome and aqua. So how could how I? How could it go wrong? Also, because my old faff, it's like. From the eighties, and it's plastic. my old faff sounds like a <laughs> like a blog title. <laughs> like this old house, my old, my old faff. faff sounds like one of those made up recipes that you were sending <laughs> me right. earlier. Uh, no, um, anyways, it kind of makes bad clicky noises. It feels like it needs to be oiled, but I've oiled it. Sometimes with canola when I Whoops. don't. Yeah, sometimes when I get into desperate times. Anyway, this one is totally cute, and I got it initially with a sort of altruistic motive that I would give it to my girls for their bedroom to have. In any way, I was like, no, never mind. I actually Tonight, really like it. Tonight, you went through that? I went through it. In, your head. in my head. You lucky listeners. I snapped uh, some photos of Becca oh in her sea of discovery which, at Goodwill. <laughs> which I'm going to have to censor. It included her pulling the thing <laughs> over to the wall, plugging it in, flipping it open, and then the bobbins fell out. So pretty soon she was crawling under the sewing machine cabinet. <laughs> I was checking the underneath to find out if there uh -huh. were more storage uh -huh. supplies under there. It's going to be good. And it's there were. So, so she was pretty glad about it. I was also strangely moved by a light table. Like an old 1960, you know that kind of industrial green color? Hefty table with a little light table inside for drawing. And it had little sliding rulers to hold your paper really down. It was really it compelling. It actually was really compelling. If the cord had not been but severed see, completely at yeah, the Yeah, but I was looking it. at that and I was like, I've wired a lamp before. I can handle this. I might be able to. I'm on it. But the thing is, is that um, I 
when you need a light table, you need it. And if you don't have one, then you have to do what I do, which is drag open your dining room table, remove the leaf, find a pane of glass from somewhere, put it across, get us get a lamp, plug it in underneath the table. But the good thing about this system that you this complicated system <sighs> is that you have to really mean it. Yes, but it's also hard. You don't just jump to thinking you're going to use a light table. Well, you don't always need a light table, but when you do need one, usually you, you need when it. When you do need one, you wish you had than... one with the wiring severed. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, is kind of cool. Was... And it had this like little rotating top. It was on a pedestal with a like you could tilt it and I set say, it at the I right angle. I say I make fun angle. of this except for that I was very compelled by a quilting hoop, which I on a stand. Which yeah. I don't need right now either. But I no. didn't buy it, so it's okay. But the light table, I'm, I might go back for it. I would have bought it except for I got distracted by the sewing machine. So This is why we shop at Goodwill. Yeah. You just never know. When yeah, because for $12, you could be the proud owner of a vintage light table. Yeah. Whew. Now like that I'm turning. talking about this, I'm really regretting that I didn't this, buy it. It actually reminds me of, there's like a meme, isn't there, that says, why would I buy that when I could, you know, for seven ninety nine when I could make it for eighty four fifty <laughs> in crafting supplies? <laughs> no, but this, here's, I was feeling like it had a kind of cool industrial look, and I actually was thinking it might be fun in Judah's room. Not that he needs a light table, mm. but he might. You don't know. <laughs> Who am I to say? Who am I to say that Judah won't suddenly be needing a light table? Ah, but see, somebody will in my house. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's like the ultimate preparedness to gonna, already yeah, have an industrial light. I might need to go. Maybe it'd make a kind of an interesting conversational piece well, for the living. No, we're already no. giving it a dry rub at that. My house is weird enough without that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so back up today. I I have not been following your. So Becca wrote a book, Even Exile, which you read, which you loved, but I have not been following its progress around around anywhere else. Have you been following it? Has anybody yeah, looped you on this? Really? Well, my husband tells me that he saw somebody somehow guys this is a real trail of things but he was just getting the giggles really bad <laughs> about it he said that jory micah maybe it was your desiring god article that was about oh. even XL. the jory micah tweeted something about i heard how she becca merkel did. is wrong and doesn't know what yeah. she's talking about about something so but my husband was like wheezing because he said he did not he did not have it on the tip of his mind who Jory Micah was or why anyone would care what Jory Micah had right. said. Well, I don't know that they do. I, well, I think Jory does. I've heard. She does. I think she cares. He clicked on the link, though, and then he said the first thing that popped up was a... Uh, oh, man, I'm not even going to be able to say this. The gender wage gap worse than ever in the clergy. By God! And it was like, oh, expose: women pastors not being paid as much as men pastors all around conservative Christian churches. And then it didn't say specifically conservative Christian because I know that's not her circuit. But then what I saw is that her byline, I don't know if this is her blog, says shattering the glass steeple. I was like, you have got 
to it's be joking hilarious. me. Because not so that funny. I'm really pulling this out of the old, the old annals, but like the symbolic nature of the steeple is yeah. the wrong one to be out to strike a blow on. Yeah. Like, like the idea of this pointing towards God and like, yeah, you know, it's not a human power grab that we're looking at. Well, with and the if steeples. you're trying to break through it and soar above, well, that's the, that's what just seems pretty funny yeah. to me. Like it's, it's like, like no, the pulpit actually is down below. But the but steeple. apparently the way that I'm that I'm going to soar above the steeple and shatter all these expectations is by demanding higher wages. Well, and you know what struck me the other day? Because all the feminists are shouting their heads off about the wage gap right now. Which... It's like a thing, isn't it? Wasn't it like a day? Uh, yeah, like, I don't yeah. Know. I, but anyway... Is it because they the were other protest didn't go well enough? I don't know. But anyway, they're, they're having a thing about it. Which is demonstrably false. That the wage gap is even a thing. But it's one of these urban myths that is perpetuated. You can, you can do the research and you can find out that the wage gap is largely a construct in the feminist imagination. However, um, why did I bring that up? I don't know. In I, the I first actually place. think Becca wanted a lot of blowback from this episode. She was looking for a lot of people oh. getting wound up and yeah, stressed no, you out. Can, no, you can even look up like actually feminist academics who are saying this is baloney. The wage gap is ridiculous. Oh, but they were shouting about it. Right. The feminists were all fussing about the wages thing. And then I happened to be reading you know, the parable where Christ is like... If you like, come and you agree to the wages... You and can't fuss yeah. about the wages. Like, it's sort of specifically mentioned... No, oh, no, 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 it, no. it wasn't even the parable. No, it was a different verse altogether that was saying, um, be content with your wages. Like, it was just a straight-up command. Mm. I should find the reference now because... Right. But the thing that I think is so funny about it with the... Um, with the parable, even though that's not what you were referring to, is that that is the most aggravating situation known to man. And all of our, like our children, we don't do that exact situation, but we've all been in that where, you know, you say, oh, if you help me with us and such, when we're done, you can have a cookie. And then other kids come in later and they, yeah. and you're like, Oh, help me with this. And when you're done, we're going to have a cookie. And one of them labored all through the heat of the day with you and still just got a cookie. Yeah. Like, was originally promised. <laughs> but they were fine with it. It's like, it's funny that for most of us, we would think that that was an unfair, like, don't do that to your children because that's not fair and that's right. not kind. Right. But it's like, except that's an actual parable that Christ tells of... Yeah. That you better be fine with it if you agreed to yeah. do a lot of work for exactly. one dang cookie well, and, and then know another person did less for it. Is that later, there were later Jewish um, writings and there's one where it actually goes through the identical story and it ends up with Jesus citing, no, with, no, it's not Jesus, but because it's a later thing and it's not. But uh, they have them they're side not Christian with their... at all. But it's like, darn right you get paid more. Yeah, you did a lot more work. <laughs> you deserve better. And, but then tying it into like, and, and the Jewish people, they are the ones who labored all day in the field. So, anyway, all right, they get more. It's basically like inverted the whole but point this is, of that parable. this is a thing that I think really ties in with something that we work hard on with our children, which is just rejoicing for people who rejoice and not making everything about you. Like, well, it's not comparative. Sidelong glance. Sidelong glance is... Deadly. I always think of the track shirts from when I ran track in high school. 
that the back of our t-shirts all said, don't look back, you're not running that way. Because, like, just <laughs> okay. look where you're running is essentially. And I tell my kids this. If you are running full speed, do not turn to look at all the people yeah. next to you or you will run into the envy tree. It's like, <laughs> yeah. when you are looking straight ahead of you, you never run into the envy tree. Like, yeah. you're just, like, going, 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 doing good. This is what I'm focusing on. This is what's, mm-hmm. you know... And it's no problem. But when you're like, what, how many scoops of ice cream does he have? And then, and then it's like, I no longer care for my ice cream. It's nothing is good in the world anymore because I think she got more. No, no. That's a big deal though, because what is it that Ahab, Ahab, when he couldn't get the vineyard and then he like turned his face to the wall and like wanted to die. No, and he would not be consoled. (laughs) Doesn't it say he would not be consoled? Yeah. I feel like he was like on his bed with his face against yeah. the wall, refusing doing, to be comforted. Doing the ultimate, in the ultimate sidelong in... glance <laughs> crashes. But and it's so funny because you say a sidelong glance, and what does it lead you to? Rubbing your face in the corner of your room, refusing to be comforted. Like you're looking at other people's things here. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't think I am not. Um, I don't feel a particular. Well, I know that a lot. I don't particularly struggle with this but I know a lot of people who do struggle with that on Facebook or Instagram that seeing what other people appear to be doing is a major trouble in their life Uh like yeah uh, Yeah, no like it's the FOMO thing the fear of missing out all the time like being in a uh, okay I found the verse I'm sorry I broke the rule and I googled but uh the verse I was looking for is Luke 3 14 some soldiers asked him and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money. Don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. <laughs> and it's like, it doesn't get much clearer than that, doesn't it? No, it's, it's like, so good. Don't accuse people falsely. And it's funny how sometimes those things go together. There's so much together. Because they, you accuse them falsely. He doesn't even do as much work as I do. And mm-hmm. me, me, me. And mm-hmm. he gets paid more. Because is... it's like, you want as much money as they're getting. So it leads you to fudge the facts about the work falsely they're doing. Falsely accused. Yeah, falsely accusing all over. I was recently no, not recently. Time just flies. But one of the things that that struck me a while ago is that I realized, you know, in the um, Ten Commandments shall not bear false witness against people. That we tend to think of that as being a courtroom setting. Yeah. And like think that that's not really something that I struggle with Unless because you're perjuring yourself. Right. Like how often am I called into court where I want to yeah, lie about where you something? Put your you're hand like, on yeah, the that Bible. would pretty clearly be low blow. Like shouldn't do that. But how often are we tempted to bear false witness in our own little courts in our own little minds oh, about people? Oh man, oh man. Like where we happen to be the prosecutor and the judge <laughs> And you the know, jury. We're all of it. And we're the, the We're the whole story. <laughs> and how often are we tempted to do that with those, you know, closest to us? Like, say one of your children is disobedient. The temptation for many mothers is to take it personally. Yeah. And to immediately yes. start being like, he doesn't even care that I do all this work for him. And I've been changing his diaper for... And you're like, <laughs> seriously, this kid is just struggling with his own sin. It's not yeah. about you. You know, like... It's a problem, yes, but it's not just about you. Anyways, I think bearing false witness is so much easier. But it can also, you can make it all about you by behaving that way. 
Oh like yeah, you can, you can become the worst part of it. You can put deposits in their little resentment bank. I oh mean, yeah, but I, I actually meant that just in general, sweeping like with your family, with your friends who post something on Instagram, like you don't know what they're thinking when they posted a, what a sweet group of ladies I got together with. And, right. and you're like, I have friends. They put that on there specifically because they knew that I would look at it. And they right. did that to make me feel like no one cares for me. And that's what they were thinking. Instead of thinking, you know, sometimes it's a little thoughtless, I think, of people to do that. I think it's a, to be like, beautiful hospitality by... So, you know, like, I think, well, some hospitality should just be... Just keep it to yourself that you had a fun time. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I can feel that way about all manner of things. It's not... But my point is I think people should be thoughtful. It's not like you should just yeah. not worry about it is what I mean. Right. But I say at the same time, you should never be Basically, insulted by someone else having a good time. You should be extending grace to everyone else, not assuming that everyone else will extend grace to you. And not, and not bearing false witness in your own mind about yeah. how this was about them not liking you. Or well, about but the else. thing is that just goes to imputing motives where... Basically, whenever you try to fill in somebody else's heart motivations, even if you know them well. What is it that dad always says about likely we want to, to be, be wrong? We want to be judged by our motives, but we want to judge others. No, we want to be judged by our, yes, motives, intentions. I don't remember. But we want to judge everyone else by their actions. Like yeah. we leave their intentions or motives or but, thoughts out of it. But then we fill them in. And usually when we fill in other people's motives. They were malicious. They were malicious motives. You never think, oh, she was probably doing that because she was it's having actually a such really, a hard it's day. It's actually a really good life skill to work on creative storytelling in mm. your own mind. That is the possibilities. Like if someone is really unkind to you. And I mean objectively unkind. Not like... Not like just uh, like they thanked someone else for their hospitality on Instagram. I mean, if someone actually mm -hmm. is rude to you about something. To think of all of the ways that that could very well not have been. You know, like to just, well, to just okay. assume that there are a lot of reasons that that could have happened. Can I... I'm just going to share somebody else's story. Uh, but it was it. Kay Warren, um, Rick Warren's wife. I was at a conference with, with Ben... Uh, month or so ago and it was for college and university presidents and their wives and then the wives had a separate tract and she came and spoke to us one night and uh, she told this story and it was really sad because um, she had lost her son and then um, so you know she visited his grave frequently and, and took flowers then she had lost a friend so it was the day of the funeral and she had gone to the funeral and they were going to the graveside service. So she stopped at a grocery store to buy flowers for, um, you know, the friend's right. graveside service. And she also bought a bunch for her son. And so she said it was a heavy moment. Like she was walking into the store. This is where yeah. she always stopped to buy flowers for her son's grave. And um, so she said she was just struggling. Like it was, yeah. it was a difficult moment. There was a guy sitting out front asking for money for something. And she said, um, not today, thanks, and, and just went past. And she said, and she usually tries to give because she's just kind yeah. of aware that she's a public figure and, you know, you yeah. just... Anyway, but she didn't that day. She just said, not today, thank you, and went on to the graveside service. And then she got a letter later um, 
from him saying, I just wanted you to know that I saw that and I have given a lot of money to your church and I just, I saw the hypocrisy and I saw how rude you were and, you know, but it was from just the very guy from the guy from a, who was yeah. like, I recognized you and you didn't give money to me. Well, to whatever cause he was supporting, oh, but it's right. basically like I have given money to your cause and you wouldn't even, you know, but, and she said, I'm sure that I looked like I was having a hard time because I was having a hard time. And she said, and I think he just read it as you're angry and you right. blew past me and you were rude, but it's just so easy for us to supply mm -hmm. the backstory when we actually have no idea what the backstory no. was at that particular moment. And she was really dealing with something fairly big and he just read it as you're so selfish. You're so selfish. You don't even, you wouldn't even spare a couple dollars, you know, mm -hmm. anyway, that was just, it's one of those things where it's a good lesson yes, to not like, don't like, do that. Like she just looked so angrily at me and I know that oh, it was because man. she hates me in her heart where it's like, well, eh, one thing, there could be other one things. Thing, so years ago when I was nursing the twins, so the twins were, well, they're nine now. So anyways, whatever. It was when they were newborns, the Easter when they were newborns yeah. and you were in England. So they were babies, and then I, ha I would have had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. So we were in the living room of our of, at our house, and I was sitting on the couch nursing the twins. Which just is, pause and do that do that thought experiment, everyone, really quick. Four children under three. Yeah, <laughs> it was a time. So I'm nursing the twins, which in itself, side note, is a hilarious operation because somebody gave me a, a like a. What is the group? La Leche League Nursing Multiples book, okay. which was a trip on its own. It's amazing. <laughs> but the funniest thing is that they name all of the ways that you could, they sound like ice skating moves. It's like <laughs> the, the clutch cradle combo, the double clutch, <laughs> the double clutch. <laughs> it was like very funny. Anyways, uh, I, but I was sitting. So both of my arms are clearly occupied because I'm holding two infants. Right. Them. Well, my husband is goofing off with a punching balloon and the two other girls in the living room. And the, it was a pretty big living room. So they were all the way across the room from the couch. And he tosses the balloon in the air and swings their, their, they had, <laughs> they had their, a play broom and he just swung it. It was like a Melissa and Doug one with the wood yeah, the end, little... and the wood, the head came off of it. So he <laughs> swings it like really hard. And that, that wood broom top just <laughs> flies across the room at me. I mean, and not like, I mean, it was on a rope across the room. It was not like a lob. And I'm, I'm holding babies with both arms. There's nothing I can do. I just like pull, I like turned my head to the side and it hit me right in the like bridge of my nose and that Easter. So I am, I am fat postpartum with twins. And this is not the kind of time when you feel at all together. Like, because not only, not only are you in the normal fat postpartum phase, except for it was even more stretched out, even more redonkulous. But oh. I'm well, nursing. you should add that both twins were over seven pounds. So oh, yeah. It was so a good 15 can... pounds of baby and yeah. then four pounds of placenta. I was enormous. And yeah. as my husband said jokingly when we found out I was twins, I was going to have stretch marks on my forearms. And Steve's <laughs> a good man. He made me laugh. But anyways, the that moment, um, 
So I'm fat. I'm nursing twins, <laughs> which is, you don't think about it if you haven't done it, but nothing feels as unflattering as that. It is not, it does not feel maternal and delicate <laughs> at all. Like I would hold a blanket in my teeth to try to cover it because you can't like just, you, it's just completely. You have no free arms. And then not only are you in the most precarious nursing position known to man, but people, when you're having to do this out in public, stop to try to figure out what's happening. Like, oh, that's good. Because they'd see like their feet and be like, are there two in there? Like, what's going on? And I'm yeah. like, move along, move along. <laughs> but so at this just moment. just like a pop-up tent to put up around yourself. Yeah. Well, no, I had one. Somebody, I think mom got me one of those nursing whatever things they Nursing are. igloo? Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those ones that like goes around your neck. And I, I was like the closest I've ever been, I think in my life to having a claustrophobic panic attack because, <laughs> <laughs> because the little thing that pulls out so you can look and check on the baby. I couldn't see either baby. <laughs> I tried it when they were like brand newborn. So it was really not good. But, and then I couldn't move because you're completely, like, both of your arms are yeah. busy. You can't just drop a newborn out the side and hope no. they land okay. And you can't <laughs> be confident in moving at all if no. you, no. with no free hands. So, I had a panic attack at, when I tried it, so I didn't do that again. Anyways, all this is a long story to say that it, I just get beamed right, <laughs> right between the eyes. Just enormous double black eye like <laughs> so this is this is for my first postpartum easter and so also i hope you had a good hat also i had i had no and a, a good matching outfit i had no hope in the world of having the time to find an outfit to wear yeah. to eat. i mean yeah. like there was nothing mom went and got me she just like bought a skirt at ross or something i mean you know in her very loving mom handling the problems kind of a way and um i remember just being like i don't know anymore i don't know what kinds of clothes I can fit in. Like, I wasn't sure I would ever Just, locate. I'll stay here in my igloo. Right. It was like, I don't think I'll ever, ever locate my old body again. Like, I think it got lost in transit somewhere. Like, um, and it did end up being sort of a problem. I had to do a lot of physical therapy and stuff. But at that point, so I was wearing a, I'm sure it was cute elsewhere, but it was not cute on me. Black skirt with white polka dots and then like a blue sweater. Oh, it's just I just remember everything about that whole thing felt like the worst. And then enormous <laughs> double black eye. So, but you know how long black eyes will last? Like 10 forever, days. Or, yeah, it went forever. on for a long time. And my husband is very big. He's, he is six foot six. Big yeah. guy. And then we have all these little kids. <laughs> so this is quite the backstory, But Everywhere that we went, I could not believe the reactions, like like the physical reactions people had to a mother of all these little children having black eyes. Like, well, because, because you would assume. Because, yes, and then dark, here's my poor times. here's my poor husband walking with us, and everyone's like, "You wicked man!" Like <laughs> assuming horrible things. It was like, no, it's just a Melissa and Doug broom. I mean, like you know, it's just. <laughs> And it was a very funny thing, but it did what really struck me at that time is I was like, oh my word, if I ever see a woman that I think is being beat up, I should ask her, are you yeah. okay? Yeah. Because it was amazing how people would look at me and like react physically, like, because it like brought an uncomfortable subject matter up, right. you know, like 
oh my word, what might be happening? And then really like turn away, not make eye yeah. contact, avoid you like crazy, which made it feel very, I was like, it is no wonder to me that a woman who's actually getting beat up would go to great lengths to hide it. Like yeah. to be like, don't treat me like I'm not a, yeah. I did wear sunglasses. I did get a big pair of sunglasses because <laughs> it was like, I can't take this, that it is oh, making man. everyone look at my husband like this. Oh, it's horrid. But it was a good spiritual, it was a good spiritual Easter. It was, <laughs> it was a sanctifying. It's not, like, let's remember what this is about and it's not me. Mm, and, and, um. See, now so we have much. people here. Is it a cop? Is it a cop coming to check us out? No. What I think is funniest is that we come to this place, but then we're creeped out by other people coming well, to it. Well, because it is weird. I'm well, I think that they're. I, I think that they're as creeped out by finding us here as yeah, we are. I know. Uh, anyways, we're supposed to be alone, guys. <laughs> this is our. Hilltop. Anyways, it's funny because that that moment was just such a good like. What are we doing? Why did we go to church on Easter? Like, yeah. do we do this because yeah. we, we feel really good about ourselves? Mm-hmm. Like, mm, no. <laughs> Let's just go through all the reasons to go to church. And yes, I qualify for all and of them. And none of them are my good outfit. Or my lack of black eyes or my skinniness. I don't, yes. have, I don't go to church because I'm skinny. I once had a, a revelation about being postpartum fat. I'll tell you one time I've do, had, do I've, tell. Had, I've had lots of opportunities to be postpartum fat <laughs> I've done this a number of times but I remember some time where it was like none of your clothes fit because because what if you didn't have fat clothes from that season yeah it's true you know like so what if it issues. didn't there's all kinds of obstacles so I didn't have anything to wear you know it's just one of those times where you're like I really don't want to go to church because I can't find a clothes to put on my fatness <laughs> and and well, you know what I mean. Oh, I it was know. not. Oh, it was I've been not. There. I know it. I'm not trying to over dramatize it. I'm just saying. And through the years, I've gotten really good at kind of the that'll do pig approach. <laughs> <laughs> you might need some context for that. You know the end of Babe, the movie where he says that'll do pig. It's like good job, pig. I don't know. I always think of it like it won't show from a trotting horse. Doesn't yeah. matter. Just wear it. Don't think yeah. about it. Just you know move on but this one this one time I specifically remember thinking what is it that is bothering me about wearing something I don't like right do you know what I mean or like something that I'm just not because because I do actually like clothes and I do actually like and that's something I enjoy I don't enjoy it when it when it is no fun so anyways I had that this moment and I was like what is it that I'm concerned about and I was like because it's like if someone looks at me and thinks, thank the Lord that I don't have to work that hard to lose the baby weight, what would be wrong with that? Right. Is that your phone? Apparently. You turned your Sorry. Radio. I thought I turned it Did off. Did not turn it uh, off. <clears throat> it's like, what would be wrong with that? Like, if they see me and think, I'm glad I don't have to deal with those, you know, 20, 30 pounds of baby weight. Right. Why would that offend me if they think, uh-huh. praise the Lord that I don't have You're that just problem? bringing gratitude to others. Right. Like it's actually not a sin for them to think (laughs) I'm glad I don't deal with that. And I thought, and then the other thing is that that's fine. And if they're actually snarky, like, which I don't, I'm not accusing anyone of being snarky, but if someone was going to feel judgmental about it, why would I care what they think? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, seriously, I'm just going to go worship God here. Yeah. Nobody gives a rip about (laughs) the situation with my outfit. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it really, it's not about you when you go to church. 
Yeah, it's not. So now it's you not all know center. a lot about my postpartum yeah. fat phases. Yeah. yeah. I've really you shared. I guess. You know it. You just let me keep talking I about did. that for too I long. Did. Well, the Melissa and Doug Broom, that was a tragedy. It was a high point. I yeah. do remember that Easter, actually. I do, because you were in England. Yeah. And I feel like you cried on the phone with me at that time for some reason. Like, because it was Easter, because we were all tired. Because you were across the world. Because we could only talk when it was like midnight here and eight in the morning there, or eight in the morning yeah, there, hard. midnight here. Yeah, it was here. hard. But I know the time I remember crying on the phone with you was when you called to tell me you were having twins. Yeah. And I don't know why. It just like I was oh, like, you oh, just you found out what you're having. What is it? And if you'd said boy or girl, I would have been like, yay! But you said twins, and I cried. <laughs> it was because I said we found out what was like. We did find out what we're having because. Which yeah. we didn't, because that was only 10 weeks along. Right, right. But it was just a joke, yeah. sort of. And then, yeah, the twins was a good a journey. But I think it was also sort of right after we'd gotten to England. And yeah, felt, yeah. No, it was it like you were, you, were missing, you were missing the whole... Yeah. I wasn't going to be there you when You weren't going to be there the when baby. they're born. It yeah. was all very sad. Yeah, exactly. It was... That was not And then you fun. had black eyes. Then I had black eyes. Just and, to top it off. But you... <laughs> Just to kind of round out that whole experience. I got black eyes. But God felt like it was the good touch that it needed. It was. And, you know, I think, I feel like I should go back. I think I blogged about that back when that happened. And I should go back and read it. Because I remember there being some, some things about that. Like, I think Luke wrote me a really sweet note about that morning. It's like, to my wife, before you even go near the closet. (laughs) It was like a very That's sweet, good. it was That's a good. very sweet, like, kind of like, let's just remember that what we're celebrating is being undone for others. Yes. Like, that what we yes. are celebrating is, is laying, being broken and yeah. laying down your life for others. and Being broken to bring life to yes, somebody else. Yes, it was like, this is a celebration, like, there's no more, I think he said something very sweet, like, there's no more appropriate way to be celebrating Easter than in a very broken bodysuit <laughs> in a very broken body and a very you know and the black eyes was definitely the cherry on top of the of the disaster <laughs> so funny though and tragic and sad but hilarious but it was it was funny even at the time yeah no, I, I remember, I remember just being like you have got to be kidding me that this is this is why this lord is what we why lord with. yes but it, those were all good formative times. They were. Yeah. They were so indeed. we should move on we to recommends. La- yes. What mm. are we going to recommend this time? I don't know because I don't remember. You know. Last time we did like kitchen things. Okay. <clears throat> Music. We always are recommending kitchen things. We keep yeah, coming we keep, back. Yeah, we, we, home, we home to we the kitchen. We can't stop. Okay. Music. What about music? Okay. You're going to go turn on music while you're cleaning the house or you're cooking and you don't have to worry about the fact that everyone's shouting in the distance with their games so it's not like bringing more noise it's just you want to listen to some good you music. mean like in a really pure moment in a pure moment everybody's <gasps> didn't outside we already i thought we already recommended it was one music. of the bad ones that we didn't we didn't release to the world we didn't no i think we kept that one under wraps i think it was another okay another time that something went wrong Okay, what are you going to recommend? Mm, you go first. Well, it's... You know what you're going to say probably, right? I don't, actually. That's why I need you to yes, go first. Yes, we talked about this already. I feel like we did. Well, I think you we and talked I did. Didn't we talk about Mark Knopfler? Um, lately, I have been 
Um, I busted out straight from the childhood. Steve Winwood. Steve, Steve Winwood. Winwood. Oh, my word. Yeah. Because, Whoa. because it's actually really a funny, nostalgic trip for that me. That is hysterical. Becca had Steve Winwood on cassette. I, yeah, on cassette, but I can't listen to Steve Winwood now. It brings back Come too on. many embarrassing... Bring me a high <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't uh, do Steve Winwood anymore. Uh, but... Well, um, we no, say doing it all. Mark Knopfler, not... I can't help it. He's amazing. He's great. I love the the Dire Straits album. Oh, we, Becca, we talked a ton about Bob Dylan. I know. I told you this, but we did not. It it went into the depths that okay. way. Okay. Well, it was the same night we were we making like, up words. We both like Bob Dylan, and we both like Mark Knopfler. As a songwriter, Bob Dylan, yes, yeah, he wins. Sometimes it all. he loses on on his voice can get yeah. But I really aggressive. like Jacob Dylan. Uh, Something Good This Way Comes, that song, I, I like a lot. The Dire Straits album, Communique, is one that I keep listening to right now. Hmm. And actually... We all like Bonnie Raitt. Yeah, Bonnie Raitt's got a certain something going. Mm-hmm. And um, but and Fleetwood Mac. Sometimes I like a I've good been, old Fleetwood Mac. I have listened Mac. to some Fleetwood Mac, too, but some of those uh, are less savory. Compelling. <laughs> well, some are pretty poor. Well, yeah. that's true. Actually, you have to choose your Fleetwood Mac wisely. You have Mac to not wisely. get stuck in Tusk. <laughs> I actually like Tusk. Don't you like Tusk? Nah. No? Mm. <laughs> uh, but I like, like, Silver Springs or... Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I like Black Widow, There's some actually. classic, I think if I looked harder, <clears> I could <throat> find some classic Linda Ronstadt that I would enjoy. Yeah, it's true, actually. But, and... I do like the Black Keys sometimes if you need something really kind of, mm. something mm-hmm. to move you forward in your house cleaning. For I instance. have a soft spot for bluegrass. I can't, I don't, but, I don't so much. But it's very really. selected bluegrass songs. Like, I like, yeah. I like usually like, when I was in a real phase of liking bluegrass, I would like like one or maybe two songs in an album. And that is not enough. No, it's not enough. Because actually. then you're just like, what? What is actually, happening here? Narx just bought an album this morning. He was just playing me bits from it. And it's Ray Charles, but it's Ray Charles with a ton of other people. And I, I think it's called Genius Loves Company or something like that. Mm, okay. And uh, But it's like Ray Charles and Nora Jones, Ray Charles and Buddy oh, Wright. okay. And actually there were some, there were some fun oh, I bet, songs yeah. on that one. So yeah. Anyway, I'm I think I keep a music buff anymore I keep because putting on communique at the moment. It just has a sort of I think soothing. It, it's weirdly yeah. soothing and and I Mark think if Knopfler you listen to the words. It's really good. But Mark Knopfler is. I love how he just writes songs about lots of things. He covers it all. Televangelist stuff. Um, oh, the everything. Lewis yeah. and Clark. Or the Mason what Dixon about? Line. Let's write a, a historical fixture about the making of the Mason Dixon line in a the song. Ma- I know the Mason How Dixon. What's that about? Or and a whole album is named after that song. Or Sonny Liston. You know, yeah. Like, I, I'll write about a boxer or the founder of McDonald's. I just yeah, think he covers the waterfront, and, and I he, like that about him because not because I wanted a song about the founder of McDonald's, but instead because it shows a mind that sees story and yeah. things that and are then, like and then, and then turns it into, into a beautiful poetry. yeah it's great yeah he's One got thing, a good when you talk about music I like I, I like Mumford and Sons but I I but, don't so much no but I like a couple of their songs yeah but what happens is I cannot take them all in a row no yeah. and so like if they're in a playlist where a song will come in 
then I really like it. And yeah. I love the the poetry of the one that we've talked about that about when the winter winds litter London with lonely hearts. Oh, it's just such beautiful. Great and the way they and... say that the litter London <clears throat> with lonely yeah. hearts is it sounds like the leaves actually where they rock back and forth on their way down. Yeah. Like it's almost like an amanapia. Well, that's what I love about Dylan is that like Bob Dylan, his voice sometimes he nails it. But universally Often when not, I though. Yeah, sometimes he nails it. Not always, but when I've heard a song where I think, oh my word, that was an amazing line. And I stop and I look it up. It's almost always Bob Dylan right. who wrote the song. And it might be being performed by somebody totally other like Darius Rucker or Nora Jones or something. But it's usually Bob Dylan who wrote it. Because right. he just has such a His great way with, way well, with you words. You just say that there is a reason that he is so well known. Sometimes it yes. is really like, you it know is what? phenomenal. I And his Slow Train Coming album is actually really great. And I love... His voice isn't too aggressive in that one, but, um, yeah. Highway yeah. 41 cracks me up. Is it 41? 61. I can't remember, but that's a funny song, too. Anyway, I, I just, but I really like his, his, um... Really, for a flash in the past, I would do CCR. Oh, that's, yeah. Or the Eagles. Or Bob Seger. Oh, Bob's, oh, my word. That's maybe a little too much. Or... For me. Yeah. Mm, no... I don't think so. You could do Bob Seger. Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah. Springsteen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But this is like the greatest hits of our childhood. Yeah, now we're just wandering down the annals of classic rock. So what would you... (laughs) Except for I'm not into classic rock. I'm into classic (laughs) rock that Dad listened to when I was a child, so I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, not a lot of great recommends in there. Well, there 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 are. are. You just have to dig your way through that. Just dig. Yeah. Mark Knopfler. That's the recommend. Yeah. Well, nice. That's it. We gotta go. It's dark. We gotta go home. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.